Can you find joy in difficult times? Joy and happiness is one of the most coveted and critical needs for a healthy life. We all know what it feels like when you're happy, when you're joyous, when you celebrate, when you feel a joy, not just an external one, but internal one. So it's one thing to experience joy in good times, when things are going well. But when things are not going well, when there's, God forbid, tragedy, grief, loss, setbacks, can you find joy in those times? It's a critical question because it's like a catch-22 situation. On one hand, joy is what allows us to be buoyant, be hopeful, be confident, have courage, and yet challenges tend to demoralize us. So how do you find joy when you're feeling the opposite of it? And yet, as we shall learn, absolutely, joy can be found even when things are very difficult. So please join me in the special program, Finding Joy in the Dark Moments. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be speaking about finding joy in the dark moments. This program is dedicated by David Chesney in memory of Libachaya Bas David. Happiness, joy, and its other synonyms are critical to a healthy life. Just look like how we look at how we thrive and how look at how we behave when we have joy in our lives. It gives us confidence. You feel you can take on anything that comes your way. You just feel an inner calm and serenity. When I say joy, there's celebrated joy, where you celebrate marriage or another special day of your family or of friends. But joy is also sometimes not as pronounced it can also be something more internal you just feel happy you feel like you belong we also all know the 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 opposite of that which is sadness when there's loss when there's grief when there's death god forbid setbacks and we feel down we don't feel happy we don't feel joyous so it's one thing when things are going well to be happy doesn't seem like a major achievement. But the big question is, can you find joy in the dark moments, in difficult times? So one could argue, no, the answer is no. Joy is like many things in life. It comes and goes. The cycles of life, there are times where, like it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time to sing and a time to cry.
And, there, and joy is not something that is a constant. However, as we shall discuss, that's not the case. But for us to be able to go there, we need to explain what joy is. Because again, if things are going well, it seems that's natural joy. If things are not going well, why would we want to have joy then? But what that, the question is, what is the definition of joy? And here we need to really go back into the very core, the very anatomy and essence of what makes a human being a human being. Because is joy just a, uh, a random circumstantial thing or can you actually generate joy in your life? In other words, is joy just a result of good things happening or is joy something you can generate? One of the great masters said, someone said, if everything was going well, I'd be happy. He said, if you were happy, everything would be going well, which suggests that you could do something about it. But then, of course, the obvious question is, what do you mean I can do something about it? How could I be happy when things are not going well? Either in your personal life, in family, the community, in the world. I mean, we see sometimes horrible things. Can one be joyous in, in doing, uh, doing horror, doing a tragedy, doing an atrocity? So let's define joy. And why is it so essential to the human being? Like love. You can say love is also the same idea. I have love when things are going well. But can I generate love? And the answer is absolutely, because it's all within you. So this takes us back to the resources of our very soul. Is the soul, the soul that you're born with a happy soul, a neutral one, or a sad one? So some people think, think, think and feel that they're wired to be despondent. Others are wired to be buoyant, to be um, exuberant, to be happier. So it's true that we have different DNA and genetics and hereditary factors as well as our upbringing and our environment, our families and our education contributes greatly to how we react to things. But there's also things that are inherent within us. So joy, to translate in different terms, is really an outgrowth of a sense of belonging, of a sense of purpose. When you know that you're needed for something, that brings a certain measure of not just calm, and serenity, but also a measure of inner joy. When you're experiencing dissonance and feel lost, just think of you're traveling somewhere, you don't know where you are, you feel you're lost. There's a certain disorientation, disconcerting feelings, disconnection, dissonance, which makes you disturbed, confused, and definitely not joyous. So joy is actually the sense of a soul connected to what it's supposed to be doing. And when it's not supposed to be doing, there'll be a lack of that, and we'll try to find that joy elsewhere. And that's where we get, we confuse it with the frivolous joy of instant gratification. Oh, I'm down? Let me take something, a medication. Let me do a certain act. Let me distract myself. Let me escape. So what you're really doing is filling your, your brain with the gushing dopamine or other chemicals that make you feel happy. So those science has done great 
has contributed greatly to our understanding of human physiology and human chemistry and human personality and psychology, but where science sometimes falls short is it just this, it says it's basically just a chemical in your brain, the joy chemical. So take that chemical, find the supplement. But that's not correct, it's the opposite. Why is that chemical generated in your brain? Because there's a certain sense of inner belonging. It's not that the chemical creates the belonging, it's the belonging that creates the chemical. It's like someone would say, if, if tears come out of my eyes, is it the tears that are making me feel sad? Or tears of joy for that matter? No, it's because you feel sadness within. So it expresses itself in physical tears, for whatever reason. Just like a happy person expresses itself in a, in a certain contortion that's called a smile. So it's who we are that defines our feelings. Yes, who we are then generates and stimulates different chemicals and different uh, enzymes or different, uh, which in turn create different reactions. So when a person feels that sense of belonging, then that carries them no matter what's going on in their lives, whether it's a good event or a negative event. You know, I'll just use examples of, uh, I'll use an example from sports, an example from the military. You find the same idea. You'll see great athletes will always get at times, will always have times when, the, 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 all athletes, I should say, will have times when they get into a funk, lose confidence, they're injured, something gets into their head, there's a loss, certain opponents know how to manipulate them or they're forever, whether it's imagined or real. What happened with their talent? The talent didn't change. They didn't become, but they don't believe in themselves as much. A good coach will help someone get through that. When an athlete is under tremendous pressure, think of it, the fifth set of a final championship tennis match. And the, the athlete, that great athlete is down. In his mind, he's saying, you know what, I may not win this one. What does he do? He conjures up both from his experience and from within his willpower, a certain amount of drive and persistence. I know you may not say that's joy, but there is an element of joy there because that's that drive that counters all the negatives. So what do you see from that? That joy and drive is not dependent purely on when things are going well. Even when you're down, and you may, and, and many people would predict that you will not win. Same thing in the military. Someone who's driven by a purpose and cause. So there may be a setback, there may be difficult, there may be even fears. No one's dismissing the fears of the unknown, the fears of being killed, the fears of being injured, the fears of an enemy that you may not know where they are and how they are and how strong they are and how they may affect you, attack you. But there's another thing that counters that fear, a deep will a deep drive, a persistence, a, um, a, relentless, a relentless desire to forge ahead and succeed. And that in turn creates a positive attitude. Whereas the demoralization or the negative feelings that can come from saying, well, there's a setback, will obviously contribute to not believing in yourself and therefore not doing what you have to do. Now, let's say even that guy, that, that athlete loses the match. You'll say, okay, you see, it didn't work out. No, a good athlete will pick himself up and will not lose that sense of purpose, that lose that sense of his goals, 
Fine, it was a setback, and he learns from it. And that not only learns from it, it makes him stronger and makes him better. As you hear, everyone who's ever gone through a loss will tell you. What is going on? What's going on is that you're not allowing the circumstances to control you. You're, you're mustering up, you're drawing from within your spirit, from within your will, from within your very being, a tremendous force, positive force that I can do this. And if it's not today, it'll be tomorrow. And if there's a setback, I'll learn how to get around it. Or it'll make me stronger. This is all what we understand the soul is about. So the soul comes into this world with a natural reservoir of confidence and joy and happiness, which is all part of a sense of seamless belonging, a seamless connection. You see, when children feel very comfortable, they're nurtured, they, they go into their beds, they feel, they feel protected. There's just a natural joy that comes out of it. Now you'll say, one second, a child may have a tantrum, may cry. Those are temporary things. But overall, the child's a happy child. Take that away from a child. Take away that security. Take away that nurturing. Unfortunately, hurt the child, God forbid. Any form of abuse and violation, ultimately, especially if it's, um, it's ongoing, will undermine this child from accessing the natural joy that's already there. So when people say, I feel sad, I don't think I have happiness in my life. I'm just not destined to, destined to be happy. I would suggest what, you're not de- what has happened is that things that happen in your life that have made you feel that way, but it's not the truth. It's the truth of your immediate feeling right now, but you have deeper resources. And that's the mission, is to find those resources and dig deeper into it. That's why you'll find the idea, the concept in the Bible and mysticism. It tells us, be joyful. It's a commandment. It's, you could say, how could you regulate joy? You could say, even if you're not joyful, do so-and-so. Be nice to someone, even if you're not in the mood. Give them charity. But how could I regulate a mood? I just don't feel that way. Because what we're being told is that you have it in you. We're not being telling you to do something that's forced or something that you need to impose that you, that you don't, that you don't um, own. It's who you are. It's your natural state. So essentially, this, the spirituality and the spiritual consciousness of the soul is a natural fish in water. It's always in, it, where it belongs. The problem is when we come into this material world, the hostile world of materialism, of ego, of control, of power, all these forces, what they do is they battle and they create a tension that challenges our natural, so to speak, fish and water type of experience. And that's when we feel dissonance. That's when we feel we're disconnected, which naturally is going to lead to some form of disorientation, some form of um, uh, despondency, despondence, which can lead to sadness and lead to everything that's opposite of happiness and joy. So the solution is to access the soul yet again. Not just to say when things, good things will happen, I'll suddenly become happy. No, you make things happen by being happy. And how do you become happy? You look at your purpose in life. And your purpose includes even the darker moments. To recognize that life is like a wheel that turns. There are times you're at the bottom, but it will continue to turn. And then it will go up and then know that it will come down again. But you are riding and navigating those ebbs and flows, those vicissitudes, those ups and downs. 
It's the navigation that gives you the confidence, the navigation that gives you the ability to be joyous and happy. So that's why in this month, the Jewish, the Hebrew month of Adar, which is called the month of joy, when Adar enters, increase in joy, you could say, how could I increase in joy? I'm just not in a joyous mood. There's a war going on in Israel, Gaza, a war going on in Ukraine. There's crime here, violence there. You start watching the news. So you're allowing all these events to control you. Yes, these events are not positive ones. But you, you have within you an element of strength that you need to get, muster up and need to co- collect and need to access. Because that strength will give you the ability to ride through the storm, to navigate through it. That doesn't take away from the sadness of the events and that we can cry for it. So even while you're crying, you can be joyous. Because how is that possible? Because we're not talking about the experience of the crying or the joy. We're talking about the feeling, that state of being. Okay, now's the time where it's, it's a sad moment. I need to recognize, I need to honor it. Honoring something that requires sadness or requires grieving or requires mourning or, or uh, comforting is also part of the purpose. It's also part of the navigation. That's how we heal. Is it, of course, we would prefer it always being pleasant and bright, but even darkness is part of the day. There's night and there's day. There's day and there's night. The sun sets. That's also part of life. And you have to learn to navigate, not just to hope to say, when will the night end and the day begins? No, we're told right in the beginning of creation, the book of Genesis. And there was night and there was day. As a matter of fact, night before day. So we need to know at the outset there will be times when the, shine, the sun shines, the times when the sun sets. And they're both part of the process. And that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is saying. There's a time to cry and a time to celebrate. It's all part of a process. It's not just two separate compartmentalized experiences. It's one journey. And, and, and re- navigating that journey and riding those waves is the key. So to sum up in our personal lives, it means accessing your soul. Everything else will just be a short-term band-aid. Whether it's medication, whether it's uh, drugs, whether it's uh, sexuality, whether it's instant gratification, that'd be a, very, a sugar high that won't last long and you'll need more of it. In other words, to turn to materialism, I'll make more money, I'll have more power, I'll buy another, another uh, outfit, or I'll do something else that makes me feel good for the moment, or makes others compliment me, that's a short-term solution, that's not a solution. Because you're not really accessing the reservoirs, reservoirs of joy that are flowing within you. What you're doing is you're putting a band-aid on to just solve, like a solve. That will just comfort you for the moment, make you feel, for the moment, a little better. What you want is to become more spiritual. And how do you become more spiritual? So I often talk about immersing your soul in a spiritual spa. SPA is, is an acronym for Study, Prayer, Action. Cognitive, Emotional, and Behavioral Conditioning. That every day, just as the body needs healthy diet and rest and exercise and hygiene and so on, a soul also needs these things. Except they're not physical. What are the spiritual exercises that allow a soul to bask, to, to uh, 
to immerse itself in the spiritual spa of, and waters that refresh it and build it up and access its inner strengths, one is cognitive, which means to study, to read something that's spiritual. Get your mind in the right place. Not what the media is feeding you and not what others are feeding you. Find a good book, find a good video, something that stimulates your mind and, and lifts you up, takes you on a journey to a more transcendent place. Second, emotional conditioning, emotional exercise, a prayer, a song, a feeling, something that gets your emotions in a transcendent place, as opposed to being driven by the immediates here and now, the, the demands and expectations, or whatever you're being inundated with. And finally, behavioral conditioning, actions, good deeds. Make sure every day, just like you have the cognitive and the emotional, every day, do a special good act. You may already be doing much, but add something new. Reach out to someone in need, share a kind word, help people with advice, financially if necessary, charity, volunteerism. Share out through social media and texting or whatever platforms you use. It's a nice, inspiring message. But make it a routine. Make it part of your life, not just once in a while. And you don't have to wait till you're despondent or sad to do it. Do it immediately. So you're building up an arsenal of spiritual activity that makes your soul happy, makes it fulfilled. When a person is hungry, what happens? They feel that lack. And a lack always going to create something that's not the opposite of joy. So when you're sated, when you feel filled, the same thing with the soul. It needs to be filled, and the soul is filled not through physical pleasures. It's through spiritual pleasures, through a mind and emotions and behavior that feed that soul. And the soul feels its, its value. It feels its contribution. That At the end of the day, you can say to yourself, you know, today I'm proud of what I accomplished. With humility, I'm proud that I did something today. I feel good about myself. You'll find people who have difficulty finding joy and happiness you ask them, how was your day? A very bad day today. You never want to say that. You want to say at the end of the day, maybe one small thing, but you did something, you say, that was something good that I did. There's something about it that feeds the soul, and the soul in turn feeds you with the natural joy that it has within itself. It sounds simple. The difficult part here, frankly, is our habits. We're so accustomed to what we, how we do things, it's very hard to break our routines. That's why it's critical to start immediately and implement. It doesn't have to be big. It could be five minutes of the cognitive, five minutes of the emotional, and five minutes of the behavioral conditioning. But consistent every day, just like you brush your teeth, just like you shower, just like you do other things. You eat breakfast, you eat your meals, you exercise, whatever the regimen may be. Slowly that feeds and allows your soul to blossom. And when it blossoms, you become a naturally happy person. And again, happiness does not always mean you're dancing in the streets. It's a happiness is just an inner sense of contentment and an inner sense of belonging, while you also have a drive to continue to grow from strength to strength. This has been Simon Jacobson. I hope my words bring a little joy to you. But most importantly, I hope it empowers you to find the joy within yourself.
So check us out at MeaningfulLife.com. This is our mission, is to help you access your soul, understand and appreciate the indispensable mission that you were charged with as coming into this world, and doing it all with a joy and a happiness, which transcends and permeates all our experiences, even some of the darker moments. So we can actually illuminate that darkness, and, and even furthermore, use the darkness as a springboard, a catalyst to reach even greater states of joy and greater states of transcendence. So MeaningfulLife.com is our website. We have a calendar and a full array of resources. Check it out. Please subscribe to our growing YouTube channel. Subscribe to our offerings, our weekly offerings, all free. And um, please share. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your questions, your suggestions. Thank you so much. Again, Simon Jacobson here. Be blessed and have a joyous day and a joyous life. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.